What makes millennials different is their size. They are the Mm -hmm. biggest generation to come through since boomers Mm -hmm. and even larger than boomers. Mm -hmm. Um, And their willingness to speak up and their willingness to say, this isn't for me. In previous generations, it was you put your head down, you move up the ladder. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. My name is Adam, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Chloe. In today's episode, we are joined by a guest that has over 15 years' experience in her field. Using her experience as an employer and entrepreneur, she has been able to spot problems with modern recruiting techniques and has formulated solutions to these issues, especially when it comes to recruiting millennials and Gen Zs. She is the CEO of Core Elevation, Inc., and is the host of Next Generation Rockstars podcast a show that gets the perspective of millennials in the business world and dives into how to retain your young talent. Welcome the millennial translator herself, Miss Amanda Hammett. Amanda, welcome to the show today. Hi, Hi. you guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's so so good to have you. Excited to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm I'm super excited to be here with you guys. I, I was really looking forward to this. So you know, and I we think our li- yes, we have tons <laughs> to talk about. And I think I mean, that our listeners are going to be very, very interested in just understanding a little bit more about your expertise because, you know, cracking the millennial code is something that I think a lot of businesses are trying to right? figure out right now. So, <laughs> and, and I have to tell you, I did not know the name of her business was Core Elevation. I've only known her as a millennial translator. So, <laughs> millennial translator. There's that. Well, tell, right. us what it, tell us exactly what that means, Amanda. What is what is a millennial translator? So the name is come, there's a whole story behind it, but I spent about five years speaking to college and university, high school, college and university students across North America. I spoke over um, 800 times in Ooh. five years. Wow. That's some hustle. And yes. over a million millennials and Gen Zs sat in audiences with me, mostly millennials at that time frame. And it, it was tiring, but I was getting a lot out of it. And I felt like they were getting a lot out of it, but there was a lot of learning going on. So towards the end of that five years, I sat down at a t-ball field in the bleachers for my son. And this dad sits down and he's just chit-chatting and he's like, so what do you do? And I tell him and he's like, oh God, how do you do this? Those millennials, they're the worst. Now, I would like to tell you that is the first time I had heard that. Hmm. That would be a total lie. It was not the first time. I have heard that so many times and I was just like, look, let me give you some unsolicited advice. You know, I'd given this advice a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Zero people had taken me up on it. Zero. Okay. And two days later, he comes back to the next practice and he was like, you know, what's up, you know, what's going on. This is my problem in the office. This is okay. what I need to do. Mm. And I was like, all right, I would position it this way. I would say it this way and mm. go for it. And he did, he did. Mm. Um, what I haven't told you is this guy was actually a VP at a bank that shall not be named. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
Um, it but could be anyone because we've had a lot Andy, of banking clients. There's a lot on. of banks here. There's it a lot of banks here. A lot of anybody. Um, but he actually, uh, I've showed up a few weeks later. Again, I completely forgot about this. Show up a few weeks later to the 8 a.m. game and which is not my favorite Saturday morning t-ball game. And I noticed that there's a ton of parents there more than normal. And they're all carrying notebooks, which is intense, but not shocking from what I had seen so far of (laughs) t-ball. And I sit down and the dad comes up to me. He's like, Hey, I'm so glad you're here. I've been telling my friends about you and they want to meet you because they've got questions. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he introduces me to Cheryl and Cheryl pulls out a notebook. And she sits down and she starts taking notes and asking questions. Mm. And then she introduces me to Bob and Dan. And then they are rotating through the bleachers for two hours, asking questions, taking notes. And about 85, 90% were all about work. And how do Mm -hmm. I deal with them at work? How do I speak their language? Mm -hmm. So right around that time, I was speaking at a college and we were, I always do Q and a, especially with college students or young professionals and I'm kind of walking them through this recent experience I had had. And this young lady stands up and she's like, so let me get this straight. You understand us and you understand them. And I was like, yeah, okay. And she's like, so you're like a millennial translator. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't yeah. know if this young lady was in marketing or PR, but she should have. I mean, right. I, I, I don't You're know. Like, her yes, name. I'm going to use that. Very good. I did. Yeah. I trademarked it because yes. it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> good. So, good. Yes. so long winded. That's how the name came about. But Love now, it. anytime I tell people, they're like, yes, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's what you are. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. The millennial translator. Well, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm just curious. What do you think the big you know, disconnect is with, with corporations and, and feeling the need to communicate differently with millennials or, or maybe it's the millennials that, you know, just don't speak corporate. What what do you think that just the disconnect is in general? So this is actually cyclical. This is something that Mm. we see historically throughout every generation that comes into the workforce. Mm, What makes millennials different is their size They are the Mm -hmm. biggest generation to come through since boomers Mm -hmm. and even larger than boomers. Mm -hmm. Um, And their willingness to speak up and their willingness to say, this isn't for me. In previous generations, it was, you put your head down, you move up the ladder. This generation has been taught from day one. I got to speak up. I got to advocate for myself. And they do for the most part. And, you know, they're willing to buck the trend really. So there you go. That's, and that causes some friction, but honestly, Gen X felt the same way. They just didn't speak up and they didn't have the numbers to really ruffle a lot of feathers or rock the boat. So, right, right, right. right. I mean, that's absolutely fascinating when you stop and think about that. Right. And the other thing that I've seen in my research and, and, Mm. and tell me what you think about this is the millennial experience at work is a lot different than we'll call it the traditional experience at work, right? They are truly looking for an experience and they have no problem of, well, I'm going to work for six months because I'm going to take six months off to go backpack the Alps or, you know, they're all about the, the, the ends may or may not justify the means 
to a point where they are very much like lifestyle focused. I mean, do you mm-hmm. see that? I mean, is that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from my research, I mean, do you agree or disagree with that statement? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely looking more for the work-life balance, even though I hate that term. I think it's awful. Sure. I hate that term too. Um, yeah. But they are looking for that balance. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, if you've ever done any kind of marriage counseling or any kind of therapy of any sorts, you know, they're, they're talking about how you, in some versions of therapy, are trying to correct the wrongs of your childhood. Okay. And I see that play out with younger generations at work all the time because millennials, let's historically think about them. They are predominantly the children of boomers. What -hmm. do we know about boomers? When they came into the workforce, they introduced the term and the idea of being a workaholic. American boomers started to identify not who they were as a person, but what they did for a Mm. living that Mm. became their identity. So Mm. these millennial children were sitting at home going, all right, workaholic mom and or dad, you know, where do I fit into this? So now Mm. as they're going into the workforce, they're, you know, saying, okay, I don't want to have that same experience that my parents did, especially when you got into the nineties where, you know, companies started laying people off just because it it made sense for their bottom line. Mm. And so millennials really took that to heart because they had a front row seat Mm -hmm. and they saw it play out the, you know, how it imploded families, how it cratered economies. And they're like, no, and and rightfully so. So yeah. Absolutely. I see it. I mean, I think that's such an important observation. It's just, you know, we don't want to be, I say we, cause I am a millennial. We don't want to be <laughs> in those, those situations where, you know, our income is completely contingent upon, you know, something else. And you, you do realize that, you know, companies have to make tough decisions and mm-hmm. you do too, as a, as, as talent, you can choose to go wherever you want to go. And I think that there's more choices. And I think when you look at a lot of what millennials are doing is they're leading with their values too. Absolutely. That is a wonderful point. And yes, 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 yes. (laughs) But one of the things that I see often is that companies really struggle to just retain, you know, millennial Mm -hmm. talent and You know, why do you think that is? I mean, do you think it's the communication? Do you think it's the culture of just the workaholic and not creating that balance? Do you, I mean, what do you think is really at the root of that once they get them in to the company and the organization? Right. Do you want to lay down for this? Or let me go get my, my t- martini glass. Let me go get right, that. Yeah. How so about Chloe that? and I are yes. just going to turn off our mics and our camera I mean, and let like, you talk. How long do you have here? Really? <laughs> No, I mean, honestly, it, it boils down to a a few different things. One is that the values are different uh, between the Mm -hmm. generations, you know, boomers Mm -hmm. are like, just put your head down, just get it done. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the way we've always done it, but they're not accounting for the fact that the world is changing massively and quickly, especially with technology, technology Mm -hmm. pre COVID was like changing it like every day. But now that we've got COVID Things are really, really different. And so we're speaking in a lot of ways and saying similar things, but the communication is not there. We're mm-hmm. seeing the world slightly differently, not slightly in some cases. <laughs> right, right. Um, totally. But, you know, completely. It, so it's values, it's perspective, and it's communication. And mm-hmm. honestly, above all of that is mindset. 
how do we see each other Mm. in not like in a, what I see a lot is that we see each other in an adversarial, adversarial way. And Mm -hmm. we should not, we need to see each other as people to people, not generation to generation, people to people. Mm -hmm. Adam is not a Gen Xer. Adam is a person. Chloe is not a millennial. Chloe is a person. Right. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is so true. You know, and I, I think that's great. And, you know, you were talking a little bit, Chloe, about the whole trying to retain the talent thing, right? And I, I have mm-hmm. a great, this is where I'm just going to tell a story. So this, I have a great story that involved Amanda, right? So at where, oh, where oh. I worked, oh. uh, where I worked, no, this is great. So where I worked, they said, oh, we have a generational gap, right? And so they asked some of us experienced teammates. I was like, oh, the ones with gray. Got it. Thanks. Appreciate yeah, the, it. Or um, tenured right. is what they like tenured, to say. Yes, I think they actually yes, use yes. the word seasoned. I'm like. Seasoned. Yes. I love really? yes, seasoned. Yes. That's yes. awesome. So <laughs> as the seasoned teammate, they came to me and said, hey, we want to pair you with one of our new millennial graduates and just kind of help mentor them in being a bank employee. I said, okay. And they're like, so they're going to come to you with three goals, uh, personal and, you know, uh, professional, and we want you to help them mentor. Right. So, and I'm used to mentor mentee relationship of, we have a set schedule. We have set goals. We're going to put in time hacks and constraints. What's not measured is not done. Blah, 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 blah. Right. It was an entire project plan. Okay. Wow. Amanda, you guys can't see this because this is a podcast, but Amanda's already shaking her head. So I sit down with this gentleman, a very pleasant young man, very well articulated. And he goes, I want to do these three things. And I said, okay, great. And I mean, these were not small tasks. Okay. They were get a major certification uh, for our audit department, buy a house. Okay. Mm-hmm. And complete a uh, software project that he was programming for his church. Okay, around membership or something like that. I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty good goals, right? So I said, here's how we need to lay it out. He goes, great. I'm like, okay, so I'll see you in two, three weeks. He goes, perfect. We set a date, a time, boom, come in there. And I said, so how are we doing? Well, I'm still working. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I get it. You know, I'm being trying to be the encouraging mentor, bringing him along, blah, blah, blah. Well, this same conversation took place for the next four months. Okay, (laughs) to the point where I'm looking at my schedule going, I could talk to the wall. I could ask my questions. I can give his responses and I don't have to leave my desk and I can get work done. Okay. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm now calling in the mentor protege relationship, right? All of a sudden, this young man calls me out of the blue, out of the blue. We're two weeks away, two weeks away from the time that this mentorship is supposed to end. Calls me out of the blue and goes, I've got to meet with you right now. I'm like, oh, finally. Okay, great. I get to mentor, right? So I go and I mentor him and he goes, I've got to thank you for all your help. And I looked at him like, I'm, I'm sorry. Really? My, what? <laughs> You're like, like what? sure. Yeah. He goes, so in the last seven days, I completed all three goals. I'm like, you did what? He's like, yeah, I bought a house, got certified and completed writing the program. I was like, in seven days. He goes, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, oh, okay, great. You know, I'm like, this is that's amazing. And he is just all over himself thanking me for mentoring him. And I'm like, okay. And I called up Amanda. I was like, I need to explain to you what just happened. And I need you to tell me if I'm losing it. Oh, and she goes, gosh. she goes, no, that's, she goes, you, you're what you just happened in a microcosm happens in the workplace all the time. You as a manager set across the project plan, the millennial sat there and went, okay, got it. They appreciated you checking in, but they're waiting. And in, until that deadline gets to be pressure tight, mm-hmm. there will be no movement on the project. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And man was like, no, that's just how it is. She goes, you manage them by setting the goals, set clear goals, clear expectations, a clear deadline, then fire and forget, check in, make sure they're aware that you're still watching them. And then it's hands off. And I'll tell you what, that was a revelation. I feel like you're describing me. That's why I'm just like smiling and nodding because- Me as well. (laughs) I just am like, yeah. I mean, when I meet with mentors and they give me steps, I'm like, oh, I I like this. It's maybe a little different than what I thought, you know, but I still have to do things in my own time. And right. I do tend to do more when I get things done when more is on my plate or when there's but a deadline, you, when, it, exactly. when there's ambiguity around right. dates and deliverables, then I just am like, mm, yep. I, I'll do things at my, yep. my own pace. But I could see how him, you know, him saying, thank right. you so much for mentoring me, because what it is, is it's the accountability. It is. It's the accountability. And I, and I took that lesson and now I've applied it to my children. I'm just like, you know, when the deadline is right. And they're like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And I just step away and it, it gets done. It gets done. People trust them. It gets done. But I do think it's really hard for, for companies, especially now when they're it is. secession planning and trying to yeah. figure yes. out, you know, yeah. cause there is this huge gap. There. I mean, lots of companies well, that I talk to, it's just, it's baby boomers. And then they may have a small group of Gen Xers who are already managers or right. VPs, right. but no one is really developing this next generation of leaders and yeah. talent. And yeah. we don't have, and they don't have enough to develop and move into roles. They, they don't have enough. And then when you start looking at things like compliance and reporting and mm-hmm. some of the things that really makes businesses go at a large enterprise level, that's where I think, and I'd love to have you chime in after I make the statement, Amanda, you can call me an idiot, but. <laughs> the millennials have to learn how to do it a little bit how the Gen Xers have done it, where yeah. we have to learn to kind of fire and forget. They've got to step up and get go, oh, I get it. I, I do have to kind of report in because there's like a lot of jobs, a lot, you know, there's a lot of more ancillary processes going on on the peripheral mm-hmm. that maybe I'm not seeing yeah. that do need this kind of rigor and structure around it. So Amanda, what, how, do you, how do you help in that, right? So for me, one of the things that I always encourage leaders to do at every level, but especially when you're talking about regulations, anything federal, right. um, yeah. compliance, My anything life. like that, but yes, but really it, work in general is that there needs to be a level of transparency. So mm-hmm. if I come to you and say, all right, um, the, this is what we need to get done. This is why mm-hmm. it's important. Oh, comes back right. to the why. This is why it's important, not get it done. Why is because I said so. Don't ever say that. (laughs) But you know why this is important. And if you can tie in, especially if you can tie in why it's important to a value of theirs, a personal Mm. value of theirs. I mean, they're on. They're on it. They are so on it. Especially, I mean, we have um, we have a client right now who compliance is his jam and he is a millennial. (laughs) And I mean, I am almost like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And he, he like, they made the connection for him early on when he started at this company. And I am like, Oh, I, I can't handle this, (laughs) but he's, but they love him. They love him. They love him. That is awesome. That is really awesome. 
But did you hear that, Chloe? And our audience, it came back to what do we always talk about on this show? The why. The why. It's oh, like, you know, why. it's always like yeah. start with why. I think we think about that from a marketing perspective. Right. But I think in a sales perspective, but I think you should be thinking about that from a talent and recruitment perspective as well. I mean, because that's right. what you're doing. You're selling your organization. You're selling the role. Yep. And you've got to start with why. You do. And I love that point. Tie it back to a key value that they Mm -hmm. can associate with and find value in. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's a monstrous piece of advice. I mean, if if you guys walk away with nothing else today, that right there, I think, is like one of those golden linings, one of those key soft skills that we've got to think about as managers. I mean, that was that's fantastic. It's much like (laughs) Stephen Covey, how he just says, you know, think win win. So if you're able to present the win to them, then. Yep. They're able to see it. What I see is so many leaders are, or managers are just so they're, why would I have to do that? Why do I have to, do, why can't they just do it? And right. I'm like, you spent longer complaining to me than it could have <laughs> taken you to just explain it. And oh, then they would wow. take off and you would, it would be totally fine. Yeah. I, right. I am not a therapist or a counselor <laughs> in any way, shape or form, but some days I do feel like it. And I'm, I'm sure, sure like, you do. This, and, and, you know, it's just, and it is what it is. And I, I completely get it and I'm happy to do it, but it's like, don't, don't complain to me. If you haven't done, have you, you have not mm-hmm. explained why, mm-hmm. if you haven't explained why, please don't come and complain to me. <laughs> and sometimes I get pushed back and they don't like I it. Bet. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Mm-hmm. I bet. Well, and I mean, it's, it's, it's important for companies to realize because um, millennials will do research on you like oh. before they even walk into your building. Right. Absolutely. I mean, they're on, they're on <laughs> all the social medias. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Chloe is just absolutely just, cracking up right now, right? Just because they're, you're just talking, you're just describing uh, everything that I do. So I mean, right? Oh. And they're texting their friends, or yep. they'll put it out on the social media, going, "Hey, who's had a good experience? Who's had a bad experience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they care that you've bought all these radio and TV spots? No, nope. no. Right? Do they care that you no. put out a 10k? No, no. I mean, they re- all they care about is is their cur- circle of ten to fifteen really close friends, right? We can mm-hmm. spend another episode on defining that in the social media world, but I mean, they'll put it out there and go, you know, tell me what you think, yeah. you know, and, and then they'll go back and they'll figure out, you know, they'll research like your corporate flag and then try to go find news articles where you're backing up everything that you've said yes. publicly That's before they yes. make the purchase. That is, that is completely true. Um, when they're going through the application process to, to yes. you know, oh, get a yes. job, things like that. I mean, they want to know that you are putting your money where your mouth is, because I, I think what we've seen, especially in the past year is that companies have made these public statements. Oh, look at us, look at us, look at us, yeah, you know, right. but where, where's the action? Yes. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I am telling you, this is going to come to bite companies in the butt. I was mm-hmm. just saying this. I mean, I'm so yeah. glad you're saying this too publicly. I'm like, it is at the end of 2021, there are going to be groups and groups of people mm-hmm. internally and externally like, yep. hey, we made this pledge and we made this commitment to X. Right. Where is it? Right. And yep. where is right. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022 is there's going to be a lot of interesting reckoning uh, in the working world, to be honest. I think so. I think so. And I know you said earlier, you said, yeah, some days you feel like you're a counselor, but 
I want to hear and I want our audience to hear more about core elevation and all the services mm-hmm. that you provide. Obviously, one being recruiting, but talk to us a little bit more about some of your capabilities and some of the work that you do. Yes. Thank you for asking. I actually do not recruit anymore. I do not oh, do any talent acquisition. Glad we I shared will, that. Yes. I will be more than happy to help you with your strategy, to help you figure out a profile for a position or a role. Mm-hmm. I love to be in a position where we're going to revamp it completely mm-hmm. um, so that we can get somebody who will be successful in that role. That is something I love to do, um, especially in the early career positions. Um, so besides doing that, we also, I work with a lot of large, uh, technology sales companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we help them with their virtual sales teams. So help them, um, with those early in career, obviously getting them up to speed, giving them some sales skills, but also mm-hmm. helping them succeed, helping them look within and how they can grow and move within a large company. But beyond that, the other side of my company, we do a lot of uh, leadership development. So Mm. specifically focused on Inc. 5000 companies. Mm. Uh, My business partner, Jean, is is actually an expert in that space. So Mm. companies that are experiencing what is known as hyper growth. Mm -hmm. Um, He's worked with tons of CEOs and their executive leadership teams. And we're just helping them build, you know, the line of succession through those companies. And it's it's kind of a beautiful thing. It's been really wonderful to see in COVID world to see these companies like, yeah, we have to, we have to develop this next level of leader. Mm -hmm. And it's just, they're excited about it. And the young professionals are excited about it. And it makes me excited. (laughs) It's really, it's really good stuff. So we're, we're having a lot of fun here. We actually rolled out a program, um, called the leadership on-ramp and it's for that beginning level leader, whether they have, you know, management responsibilities now, or they will in the future. Uh, and it's been really, it's been fun to watch them go through it. That's so great. That's so great. Especially since COVID and I'm sure companies are really trying to figure oh, wow. out, you know, a lot of different things, but yeah. retention being one huge thing and engagement yes. and yeah. I know companies now are trying to think through, like, what does it look like for us to return to work? What are you seeing? I mean, is there a disconnect from what leaders are wanting versus what millennials are wanting and and, and wanting to kind of do post COVID Mm -hmm. and post vaccine for everyone? (laughs) Yeah. So I think that, remember, we talked just a second ago about the reckoning coming. (laughs) Um, I think this will play a a role. Um, you know, a lot of companies that I support actually have already said, you know, we're, we're not coming back. We're going to go hundred percent remote, which is fantastic. But other companies are, you know, no, 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 we're, we're coming remote or we're coming, you know, back into the office. Unfortunately, um, we're going to see companies that had not allowed this in the past, they're going to have tremendous pushback to the point where there needs to be some flexible, arrangement made, whether right. it's a case by case basis or whether it's a you know blanket statement, I'm not sure it's going to depend on the company and the size. Um, but this is going to be something that as the economy improves and positions become available, people are going to leave over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's such yeah. a great point to note. I mean, it's just I like completely agree. If you don't shift and don't become accommodating to Mm -hmm. what's happening right now, then you will lose your workforce. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is that companies are like, oh, I don't need to worry about retention right now. I was like, today is when you need to be worrying about retention. In the right. Future. When you don't have a retention yeah. problem. Absolutely. Right. Because they are taking notes on what you are doing. And this is across generations. This is not millennial specific or Gen Z specific. This is everybody. They're looking at the way you're treating people now. They're mm -hmm. looking and watching mm -hmm. at the way, you know, you're responding to things and they're taking mental notes. So yeah. when the economy starts to rebound, who's going to be the first person to put, to update their LinkedIn or, you know, update their resume right. or are they doing it now? I don't know but we're, we're going to see some interesting things coming forward. So this whole idea of being able to work from home, how important do you think that is? So when you're looking at um, the millennials that are about to graduate, that are about to you know start looking for that entry-level position, how Gen important Z. is the Gen Zs, I was just told? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> millennials are not coming out of college anymore. Well, yes, yes. Millennials yes. are 40. All of you are younger than I. <laughs> Yes. So I'll just call you youngins from here youngins. on out okay, since we're youngins. down here in the South. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the youngins that are coming out of college now, um, how uh, this, this idea, this principle of, and we don't like the term work-life balance because I really hate that one too. So we're just going to say a more non-traditional work arrangement. How important is that going to be to them? Right. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an idea. So as the Xer in this conversation, I'm looking at building a backyard office. I'm like, hmm, I can knock that shed down. And mm -hmm. I can build another one and I don't have to go anywhere except yeah. off my back porch. Right. Yeah. So how important is that? I mean, that is something I think that HR professionals are going to look at. It's going to be part brought up in recruiting fairs. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm having conversations all the time on what does labor look like, you know, in the near future. So talk to us a little bit about that. I'm going to be really honest. I'm very torn here. Okay. And here's why I can see okay. both sides of the equation. Sure. Yeah. Right. I'm looking at it from there, from a millennial Gen Z young professional perspective. And like, mm -hmm. of course, I want to be able to work from home. Of course, I want to have that flexibility. Of course, you know, I want to, if I become a young parent or, you know, I want right. to, you know, go to a doctor's office and not have to tell my boss, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to leave, you know, I'll be late 15 minutes or whatever, yeah. you know, those types of flexibility and accommodations that are made when you're working from home are easy, but where I struggle and where I'm concerned is those developmental things that happen mm -hmm. in an office when we're together in an office and they may mm -hmm. not be a, Hey, you're going to go and sit in on this seminar on X, Y, Z. It may right. be just as simple as Adam popping by my cubicle and saying, Oh, you know what? I heard you on the phone with this client mm -hmm. next time tweak this or next time try that. It's gotcha. those little moments. Yeah. When those we're informal in learning moments. Yes. Right. And those are so valuable and something that we don't, we can't replicate at home mm -mm. in the same mm -hmm. way. Right. Um, I like to think about offices more as a beehive. You know, it's, it's a hive community, especially, you know, mm -hmm. these open concept offices where we can hear one another. Yep. yep sometimes it's frustrating and annoying, oh, yeah. but at the same time, you can turn to your neighbor and say, Hey, you know, I had that problem last week. This is how I solved it. Or, yeah. you know, you can ask your neighbor, Hey, you know, but you can't really, it's not the same it's doing that same. when you're working from home. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the answers. There's going to be some give and take. There's going to have to be some, um, developmental milestones that we're going to have to figure out as mm -hmm. we make this transition. But 
we're going to, our hand is going to be forced here. Just FYI. It, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not, you can't go hundred percent either way. No, no, I agree. Right. I agree. 100%. I think that companies need to start thinking about it now and being yeah. proactive as opposed to reactive. Cause yeah. if it's reactive, they'll find themselves behind. So yeah. from where you're, from where you're sitting and dealing with corporations, do you think corporations are in front or behind that conversation? Can I plead the fifth? No, <laughs> you may not. You, you, you took the oath. You're under direct questioning at this point. So there are companies that are definitely, you know, they are forward thinking. They are, mm -hmm. you know, they're moving forward and they're being very um, proactive. Mm -hmm. There are other companies who are like, great, we're going to be in the office, you know, um, right now. And er everything's going to be the way it's always been. Oh, that is just the death nail so, to That's me. the death knoll right and there. That's the coffin, is, the nail in the coffin. Yep. Yeah. And yes. I mean, when someone says that to me, I'm just like, oh, <sighs> shoot me, stab me, you yes. know, whatever. Yes. Um, and, and they're saying like, oh, as soon as we get back to normal, as soon as we get. No, that's never going to happen. Yeah, again. right. Yeah. Ever. You need yeah. to start thinking about what does the new normal look like for you? I hate that mm -hmm. term as well. But, you know, what is, what is, what, <laughs> what is the path terms ahead? Today, kids. What is the yeah. future of our organization look like yeah. given yeah. this yeah. disruption? Absolutely. Because there is no turning back. Um, right. You know, all the companies that I used to, that I've worked with in the past that have said, oh, we can't do what we do from home. Really? You really? can't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's been proven wrong. Unless, unless you're one of my manufacturing clients who, yes, they really can't do that. <laughs> right. But yeah. most everybody else, you know, can't. Yeah. That's been right. proven. And we've been doing it successfully for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do agree with you just being on the fence about there is an element of, of community and collaboration that happens when you're face to face. But, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, what would you, I mean, I know being in technology and, and obviously you working with a lot of technology companies as well, there are solutions that I don't mm -hmm. want to say necessarily replicate that, but they can also, they can offset it and sort of help yeah. build communities. I mean, tools like Slack and other things. Mm -hmm. Have you seen, have you seen companies try to adopt some of these tools in an effort? They, yes, absolutely. I mean, technology is helping to kind of close that gap and, and yeah. to help us be as close as we can during a global pandemic. But yeah. honestly, I, I mean, I know personally for me, some of the biggest growth moments or aha moments came when I didn't know that I needed to ask a question. Mm. It was a senior leader that was just the situation I described just walking by my cubicle. It was like, Hey, next time try this. And it was mm -hmm. like yeah. an instant game changer. It was fine before, right. but it was an instant game changer. And it just... I didn't know right. that I yeah. needed to ask. Yeah. Those organic sort of conversations. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's hard to replicate in, in, mm -hmm. you know, in this technological scenario, mm. it just, mm -hmm. it's hard. Um, so we're, we're going to have to figure it out and we will absolutely we'll figure it out. Um, but I don't want young professionals to stunt their professional growth because saying I will only work from home and, mm, and right. have no, you know, there's been a lot of people in the news that have moved to other States and their companies don't know it yet. And yes. uh, <laughs> that's going to be a fun thing to go yes. through. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just having that flexibility to say, okay, you know, maybe I won't go in every day, but I'll go in 
you know, once a week, or if I have mm-hmm. to fly in, I'll go in once a month or, right. or whatever. It's, it's amazing just the way that we communicate non-verbally that you may not recognize or realize, but we're communicating mm-hmm. completely in the office a lot, just sure. body language. And yes. you don't, I mean, in this screen, right. You're missing out a lot on a lot mm-hmm. on what I'm saying or not saying. Right. That's a big thing that we don't think about. Right. What are we not saying? Right. Yeah. Those are fantastic points. But as we're kind of coming towards the end of this, why don't we take a little bit of time to talk about your podcast too, right? So we're, yes. you're on our podcast. So you have your podcast. <laughs> so why don't you talk to us a little about your uh, next generation rock stars, right? You've had two seasons so far, I think. Two seasons. So the first season was all millennials and they had to be nominated by a boss or a coworker who was just like this person, you know, okay. kicks butt, takes names, like all day long, because I wanted to dispel that myth that millennials are lazy and entitled. And those millennials on that season were awesome. Um, The second season I brought in leaders and we talked about like retention. We talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, what companies are doing to engage, to retain. And there were Mm -hmm. some really good nuggets that came out of that. Um, The third season is going to look a little different. Uh, We're going to go back to young professionals, but we're going to talk a little bit about how they've used uh, COVID world uh, or, you know, social injustices within a company to, to help them either springboard or to help them think through values and and how Mm. they've had helped companies bring that forth. So it's going to be interesting. Some interesting I'm conversations. Excited as well. to hear that. I'm yeah. very awesome. excited to hear that. And I'm sure that a lot of them jumped in and raised their hands for different initiatives because all of a sudden they're saying, mm-hmm. yeah, this is something that I care about and something I can yep. get behind and really use some of my talents to to kind of further the cause or further these initiatives internally. Yes. And, and we know that season three will also have the Breaking Barriers uh, <laughs> interview as well, too, on the Millennial Rockstars featuring a Gen Xer. Um, <laughs> as... Yes, for sure. We, we I, I'm sure Amanda would want to have your perspective as well, right? Smack <laughs> in the middle of her, right. her two audiences. Bam. Yes. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. I I am always open to the Adam Moore perspective, <laughs> regardless of generation. Because, you're, you're because you get it whether you want it or not. <laughs> yes, I, I get some very entertaining text messages from Adam from time. Yes. Oh, gosh, I'm yes. sure of it. I am sure of it. He yes, is, yes. Full of entertaining information all the time. And spellings sometimes, they get to be highly entertaining as well, too. So, you know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on our show. I mean, this this has been so insightful. I mean, just to even hear you know, about other millennials and know that I'm not like unique in how I deal with things, but also just the insights around leadership and how some of these millennials might want to think about tackling and and dealing with their employers. Yeah, Yeah. no, this has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, honestly, when you guys have finished listening to this podcast, listen to it again. Yeah. Then a third time. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, honestly. I mean, we could have Amanda part two and we could go over this more because I mean, we barely scratched the surface. I think on some very big key issues. What does the workplace look like in the future? How do we define employee in the future? How do we define full-time, part-time, ICs, 1099s? I mean, the the list is long people. So 
yeah. Again, and so Amanda, so if they've if we've piqued their curiosity and they're like, we have to have more Amanda, yes. where can they find you and how can they reach out to you and and have a more in-depth conversation? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, you can find me at amandahammett.com and that's Amanda Hammett and that's H-A-M-M-E-T-T.com. Uh, you can also go to iTunes or your favorite uh player of choice and look at next generation rock stars uh also if you go to the website you can watch them on video instead of all just right audio. so um yeah lots of places to check me out i'd you can feel free to reach out to me through the website and i'd be happy to have a conversation with you mm-hmm. and i sometimes i'll break it down for you a little bluntly oh yeah let me tell it. you what yeah <laughs> amanda and i have been friends for a, a while now and she can be real people okay i love just, that that's a, that's a Those word of warning only people that i love to be around um, <laughs> absolutely yeah Yes. There's no point in me sugarcoating no, none. for you. Yes. It's just, it is what it is. I'm gonna love you through it and I'm gonna hug you. I'm gonna hug you through it, but yes. I'm gonna tell you how it is. So I love it. I love it. And so for more information on core elevation, where you know, can you tell us where we can find more information yeah. on that? So core elevation, uh, you can just go to coreelevation.com and that'll lead you to myself or to uh, my business partner, Jean, and you can check out what we're both doing. Jean is a, was a writer for a long time for Inc. Magazine. So you got tons of stuff from there on him. So beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. Well, thank you so much again. Oh, this and has been great. Thank you been guys. Great. This has been awesome to close out my Tuesday with you guys. It's like, right. Yes. I mean, we should make this like a regular. We should. We should. we should. we should. Definitely. Because I think a lot of companies, like like we said, are all trying to figure it out yep. right now. So yep. the more yep. helpful we can be in pointing them in the right direction as they think about their talent strategy post-COVID, I think yeah. the better. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So thank you so much again, Amanda, for your insights. They were spot oh. on. Yes. Well, thank yes. you guys. Thank you all for having me. And I just, it's been such a special time to be with you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us and participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.